0: All right, so two things I'm sure of. I'm sweating already, so that means the anointing is here. And secondly, um, this two-part series is now going to be a three-part series because there's no way that I'm going to be able to get everything in today. Everybody's looking at the clock, okay, how long is he going to go for? We're already past. Promise, we'll, we'll finish at normal time. So we'll make this a, a two-part series. It, it, it's going to now turn into a three-part series. Last week, what did we talk about? Faith is greater than feelings. And we talked about this idea that we cannot be led by feelings. And that if we are led by feelings, it really does take us out of the game. What we feel in today's culture is the standard by which most of us live by. But we recognize that we have a higher standard, that we're called to live by what God has called us to, regardless of the feelings. This morning, I had the tears coming down as well. But I think the thing that is so powerful about those testimonies is things that they could not do on their own, God came in and did for them the essence of the gospel is that what we could not do for ourselves, God was able to do for us. And as we're looking at feelings being less than faith, we have to understand that there is a plan that God has that is better than your current situation. That there is something that he can take you through that, is, that has more to it. And we're going to look at a little bit of that. But I always like to start with a story, and I'm going to do it today as well. Um, and since I'm staying in the theme of basketball, we'll just stay there for right now. So, Yodi got baptized, and the Perez's, uh, they live very close to us, and I love going to play basketball with them. And, and David and I have set up a community basketball or a team that, that, we've, that we put through, and um, we have won our last two games. We might have lost all the ones before that, but that's okay. Um, so we're on the up. But I, I love going to play basketball with, with Yodi and with, uh, with Jordan, with their older boy DJ, and we'll go to Totra Park and play. And when my brother lives here, we, we love to go. It's one of the fun things. It's one of the things that really recharges me. I just, I enjoy playing basketball, and it's just, you know, it's just a good time. Now, um, on this particular, I don't know if it was a Saturday or a Friday, but the boys, the boys were walking past my house, and they said, hey, Jesse, come play basketball. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, I really want to go play basketball. But I knew that Angie had either just gotten out of work, or she was, she was, she was really busy, right? And so I, I knew, you know right away when you know, like, Angie's not going to let me go play basketball. Like I just, I had that sense. And you know what that sense is if you're married, you know, it's that, that sixth sense. You just, you know, you know, but I love Angie. And so I was committed to playing basketball and helping Angie. So, so I, I went in and I felt it out first just to see like, is this going to be a possibility? And immediately I was like, no, no, I, I knew I shouldn't have even gone there. I already knew it was not a possibility. Right? So, so I told Angie, I said, listen, we'll all take the boys. And she looked at me and she, she smiled. She was like, okay. Because my boys are wonderful and I love them so much. And I've told you so many stories. But, but they don't want me to enjoy life, I don't think. Um, that is not their goal. That is not like what they're about, right? And so, and Bennett's sitting over there so like peacefully, doesn't even know his dad's talking about him. So we... We end up going to to the basketball game. And I know in the back of my head, I'm like, oh man, this this is probably not gonna work. And it started right away. As soon as we got out of the car, um, You know, Bennett doesn't wanna be carried. He wants to walk and he walks so slow. And so we had to walk quite a bit to get to Totra Park and it just took forever to get there. And as soon as we got there, I had this sliver of hope because Bennett was starting to settle down. And just as we're about to start the game, He's, he just starts losing it. He is not going to let dad not carry him right now. So, but, but I'm committed to the cause at this point. I'm going to play basketball. So I proceed to play with Bennett in my arms. And Jordan looks over at me because I'm on Jordan's team, and he's just like, you're killing me, Jesse. We're trying to play some basketball here, and you have a little boy in your arms. This is not going to work. And so I kept playing. And, you know, by the end of the game, he finally settled down. And he finally was able to sit on the side of the road, and, and we, on the side of the basketball court. And I gave him a basketball. <laughs> I left him. I left him with strangers on the side of the road. He took care of himself for an hour. We had a really good bet. Ba- no, that didn't happen. He sat on the side of the basketball court on a little bit. Ba- and he was, he was pretty happy. And Archer, he was running around everywhere. He was doing footwork. He was running in between legs. And he was pretending to pass. And the ball would hit us randomly in the face or the head. Is- he was playing his own game. But here's where I'm going this morning. And here's the core point of where I'd love to encourage you. If I would have judged my ability to play basketball by my current situation, I know it wouldn't have happened. It definitely wouldn't have happened. I shouldn't have even gone to the basketball court. But it wasn't until I went on the journey that I found out that I actually could have a little bit of basketball time. The worst possible thing that could happen, and believe me, this is not the worst possible thing. I would have had a great time playing at home. Archer and me would have just played basketball inside. And by the way, we beat Jordan yesterday inside our house playing basketball. The worst thing that could have happened was that I would have gone and that Bennett wouldn't have let me play. And and we would have just said hi to the guys and we would have gone home. But what ended up happening is that I did get to play and I did get to have at least half of a game. And here's where I want to go with this. And I really want to encourage you in this idea of faith and feelings. Because again and again and again, I've talked with people and they're not moving out in faith because they're waiting for victory over their feelings before they move. They're waiting until everything is perfect until they go. God, I will obey you and I will go once I get over my anxiety. Once. This preacher up here gets better is when I'm going to really start serving in church. Your apathy, your fear, your depressant, depression, your shame, your guilt, whatever it is. Victory comes over feelings on the road of faith. We're talking about last week, we, we identified the idea that, man, feelings really do take us out of the game. But what I want to give you is some nuggets of truth on how to overcome feelings through this thing called faith. How do we actually overcome? It's one thing to recognize. Yep, this has taken me out of the game. It's another thing completely, how to walk in victory over those feelings. And then this now three part series, we're gonna look at a couple of very, very, very practical tools on how to overcome your feelings and how faith truly is greater. So I just wanna look at a story this morning. Um, And we're only gonna get through point one and I promise we'll wrap up shortly. We're going to look at the life of Gideon very briefly. Judges 6.11 says this. Now the angel of the Lord came, and Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. This morning I think we might have had a couple of those moments where God is, is, is declaring who the new person is. God is with you, O mighty man of valor. The word I have, I, where's Sarah, you're still here? Sarah, I mean, I get, I get so emotional walking people step into the life that God has for them and dying to themselves. But words like protect your joy, words that, that Ernie and Jillian prophesied over, over Emma and just some beautiful things that were said. This is a moment kind of like that where, where Gideon is having spoken into him his identity and who he is. The thing that I really want us to remember, and, and we're well not remember, but I want us to consider, is I think too many of us at that time feel like everything should be conquered. This moment, well, as beautiful as it is, is not the moment where everything is conquered. It, it, it is one of those moments. I believe something significant and supernatural happens in this time of baptism. When we go down under the water and we come out, I truly believe that there's something supernatural that can't be explained that happens in that moment. But that is truly a beginning and not a completion of victory over feelings and where you are and what you think and what you feel. What I think too often is we're looking for or we're expecting and we think something might be wrong with us, or that we've missed the boat and we just disengaged because it didn't all happen in that moment. In verse 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. That night the Lord said to him, Pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold here. So Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as, did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. I don't know about you, but this scripture is so encouraging. Gideon was terrified. He met an angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord is saying, through the mouth of God, I'm giving you your enemies. Go and take the land. You're a mighty man of valor. What is Gideon's response? He is still terrified. That does not conquer the feelings. His feelings are still very much there. But do you know the thing that I love most about this scripture is that Gideon still goes and does what God has asked him to do. I think that is powerful. The nuance of that is powerful as well. He was terrified. He was still completely completely in the middle of that which he, where he started. When, when the angel met him, he was hiding in the winepress, scared of everyone around him. When the angel left him, He was still scared and and just terrified and not wanting to go where God had called him. But he still went. That is so important. In an age where we do what feels best to us when it feels best to us, this is an important lesson. We often wait for victory over our feelings before we begin down the road of faith. That's something that God has impressed upon my heart this morning. We have to be obedient to what he says and not obedient and being led by our feelings. How do you overcome faith? You you overcome feelings. You overcome it on the road of faith. God then sends Gideon with 300 men against an army to prove a point. Judges 7.9 says this, The Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it to you your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura your servant, and you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. And then I love this. Then he went down with Pura his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like these people and these faith-filled people, how do they do it? They just go out, and they're so strong, and they're just doing what God has called them to do, and it's this mighty thing, and it's powerful. What does it say? God gives them two options. Arise, go down against the camp, for I've given it into your hand. But if you're afraid to go down, go with your servant. Which option does he choose? He chooses, he's like, "I'm, I'm afraid, I'm going down with my servant first. I need more reassurance. I love that. But, but here's the key. He still went. That's a powerful, powerful thing. And, and as I was just, I was really pouring over the scriptures and just, I, I spent a lot of time praying and saying, God, where do you want to go? I think it is so important because I really think that as, as a Western church, we're really feelings led. As I feel like it is when I'm going to serve. When I feel like it is when I'm going to be faithful. God, I, I just... I just don't quite feel like it. And I've heard time and time again, as soon as I get through my anxiety, my goodness, I'm going to tear things up for the kingdom. As soon as I can push through this depression, as soon as I can get through my anger, I want to submit to you that the victory over those feelings happens on the road of faith. And in fact, on the road is where God will lead you to see victory over the faith feelings wants to keep you exactly where you are the journey of faith that God leads us on is actually leading us to victory when we make feelings the thing that we're stuck in that we can't get out of and it might be apathy it might be the same. You've seen the same thing. Every Sunday you come in, it's always the same. And so you don't come expecting and you're already closed down and you're not wanting or willing to see the things that God can do because you're stuck in what you feel and what you can see when God is saying, I need you to step out on the road of faith so that you can truly see victory happen over those things in your life that you've been waiting for. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance. And their camels were without number as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. I love the picture that it paints. There's 300 men going up against a multitude. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. And he said, behold, I dreamed a dream and, and a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. I don't know how he got the bread hitting that it was Gideon, but it's okay. A man of Israel, God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped. And he returned to the camp of Israel and he said, arise, for the Lord has given the host of Midian into your hand there was a breaking point for Gideon when he said, arise, let's go take the camp. I need to give you the hope that if you go on the journey of faith, that there is freedom, but it's on the road of faith. It's not while you're back there thinking about, can I get through this? Should I get through this? Will I get through this? Gideon had fear the entire way through. It wasn't I don't know about you, if I had an angel come honestly and appear in my room and say, you mighty man of valor, I would jump out. I'd already be running out, ready to go take whatever he told me to do. I would be amped. But I love the reality of this passage, that most of us have had God speak into us, and yet oftentimes we're still in the same place that we were a long time ago because we haven't stepped out on the road of faith because we're waiting for him to fix it here when he wants to fix it, but he can only fix it as he takes you on that journey. And he develops in you the things that you need to see. Feelings, doubt, fear, depression, shame, pride, apathy. They invite us to give up or wait until they're gone. But the very thing to overcome these things will happen on that journey of faith. Faith leads you to freedom where feeling keeps you, feelings keeps you where you're at. You overcome these feelings by following where God leads, even when you can't see. And your feelings tell you to go the other way. Once you see victory, you overcome the feelings. It's a very, very practical word this morning. We're saying faith is greater than feelings. It's only greater than feelings if you can see faith in action. I love the verse, we walk by faith and not by sight. There's such an important aspect of that verse, we walk by faith. We're not sitting waiting for faith to magically happen, and once we all of a sudden feel faith-filled enough, we're going to go and attack, attack or trample or have victory over what it was that we're waiting for. We walk by faith and not by sight. That means currently things that you cannot see, you're going to be walking in a direction that you cannot see and that you don't think you probably should be going and seeing by everything that is in your current senses. We walk by faith, not by sight, not by what you feel. What a countercultural statement today. Truly where trust in God happens. I think it's quite a poignant word for this morning as we have some amazing people. And I have the utmost respect for all of those people and I'll cry every time just thinking about them getting baptized and them stepping into that sphere of their relationship with Jesus. But this is not a journey of as you feel faith-filled, so you will be victorious. This is a journey of knowing who the King of Kings is, knowing that you're a child of God and knowing that when you're terrified you still go out and you walk the journey of faith that he's calling you on. Even when you feel at the lowest of the low, when you feel the least. In society, it says, wait until you feel good enough. Jesus says, you're already good enough. I'm not worried about your feelings coming. I'm gonna show you who you are on this journey. Can I encourage you? We have to be bold. We have to be faith-filled. We have to walk out on that journey and see where God takes us. There's a whole, there's a whole other message in understanding the perspective because sometimes we think we're stepping into something and we're afraid we're going to fail. When I would suggest that maybe God wants us to fail so he can see that we're actually chosen the completely wrong path so he can get us back onto the right path. We have to trust that whatever we go through, God is leading us to a place of victory. Step out on that journey of faith. What is God calling you to do right now? Now walk out onto it. You're not equipped enough. You don't have all the right feelings. You haven't conquered where it is. And I would even encourage, start right here. What is it that God has birthed on your heart to step out in? Don't wait for the perfect circumstances because they're never going to come. If we want to be people that are walking out that which God has called us to, we have to start now. Now. One of the things we're doing in our Pursuing Purpose workshops tonight is our last one with our first group that we're putting it through. We're writing our goals today. We're literally going to be putting pen to paper to say, this is how I feel God is calling me to transform, to change, and to influence the world around me in the five major areas of our life. We are not going to be a people that have a wonderful baptism service and welcome people into our community and say, this is a wonderful thing and leave it to be this really nice thing. Isn't it lovely they got baptized? I just hope they just do wonderful things. How easy is it to stay there? And then as soon as you find fear, you kind of stop. We, we want to say we're going regardless. We're going where God has called us regardless. And in fact, that's where we're going to find victory. We're encouraging you step out in faith. Because if you do not step out, there is no victory that's going to come. And I don't imagine this was very comfortable for Gideon at any single point. When you're terrified and he's hiding at night and cutting down the pole, or when he takes the, the lesser of the two options, Jesus says, go and take the camp. I don't, I don't, I don't think he cares how it gets it done, but go. If you, need it, you know, if you need to leave the light on while you sleep, leave the light on while you sleep, but still go. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. Father, I thank you that you do call us to a life filled with, just like we were telling these young people this morning, amazing, phenomenal, great things. Lord, I pray that there would be a rekindling of those great things in every single person in this building. Lord, let us not live vicariously through someone else's faith, Father, but let us connect to what you have called us to do. Father, we're speaking to fear, to shame, to doubt, to depression, to guilt, Father, this morning. And we're saying, despite they still might be there staring at us in the face, they are no longer the goal. Jesus, what you have called us to, where you have called us to go, where you have called us to step out upon the waters. Lord, I speak faith to move into every heart right now, to step out into whatever area they need to step out in. Lord, I speak faith that they're actually going to see victory over that which they haven't seen victory over yet. Lord, we declare movement in the name of Jesus right now. Lord, we pray that your people would not just be people that have great experiences, but Lord, we release your people to move out on the journey of faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen? Part three is going to be great too, guys, I'm telling you.